get the PBR and the pickled eggs because on this week's episode of Honey, You Should Watch This, we're talking about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. But before we start, I'm going to go hide all the sharp objects. Welcome back. Thanks for turning us on. Episode four of Honey, You Should Watch This. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hope you had a wonderful whatever it was in between episodes here. We've been just peachy. Lovely. Peachy. Yeah, but nobody cares. Uh, so, so <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 nobody cares about <laughs> us. It's just how it works. <laughs> nobody cares. No. Oh. Well, you now know. Now you're going to make me cry. Well, that's all right. I'm good at that. So, uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, but before we get started, I got a little business to attend to. Um, first of all, I have corrections department. Uh, I, I, I not urgent pressing matters, but corrections department nonetheless. Okay. So last week or last episode for Rosemary's Baby, um, I was listening to it and realized that there were two things I got wrong. One of them is when you asked me when we were talking about Sammy Davis Jr joining the Church of Satan, and you said, I thought he was Jewish. Mm -hmm. I said he was born Jewish. No, that's not the case. He converted in 1962. Right. So, error number one. Because nobody's born Jewish, right? No, there are some people born Jewish. Oh. All right. So. <laughs> All righty. Oh, God. We are recording at in the right. evening. We normally record in the morning, so we're a little off, guys. Sorry. Right, right over your head. Woo! Just right over your head. I, yeah, it, it it's did. It's all right. It did. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, okay. Somebody out there got it. <laughs> okay. And they probably chuckled. All right. All right. Maybe. All right. Okay. The second error is I said that Mia Farrow was in The Detective with Frank Sinatra. She was not. Uh, he After she decided that she was going to continue on with Rosemary's Baby, they replaced her. So she wasn't in that. So those are my two errors. Oh. I was perfect. As usual. Nailed it. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> the second bit of business is after we had discussed what we would replace for the Hail Satans in that last scene of Rosemary's Baby, I got curious and went out to the Twitterverse and asked a few of our Potter and Family uh, podcasts out there what they would replace, if anything, or how they would change that end scene. And here's some of the responses I got. B. Gardner, uh, who is a contributor to In Their Own League, uh, it's a website that does a lot of feminist film analysis, said she would have wanted someone to say, oh, hell no, in the background. Justified. Justified. Uh, the Film Flamers, a horror movie podcast, responded, I'd add in a few more Hail Satans because I'm not sure they got the point across fully. They probably had... That many, they just edit them down for time. Maybe. Will the Real Horror Show please stand up? They responded, one guy in the background who's not all there saying, Hail Santa. That's my favorite so far. Yep. 
And then uh, the guys at Cage's Kiss Podcast, uh, the guys and the gal at Cage's Kiss Podcast said, or he says, hail Jeff. And another voice says, damn it, Jeff. Roll credits. That I was like, pretty good, too. I like that one. Yeah, yeah like that one that. wins. That one wins. Yeah, Cage's, they're pretty funny. If you ever get a chance to listen to them, I, I recommend them. All I could come up with is Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. And mine was, what's up? Because I'm stuck in the 2000s, apparently. <laughs> All right. So this week, we're focusing on Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, I keep doing that. Yeah. Tucker well, and Dale. It's probably because you like the you like Dale t- better than Tucker. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. You want me to give you the rundown? Sure. All right. So let me tell you a little story about Tucker and Dale. When we first find Tucker and Dale, a couple of simple but sweet-natured good old boys, the duo is on their way to the lake where Tucker has just purchased a vacation home. The guys plan to spend some time fixing up the place and doing a little fishing. Also on the road is a truck full of tropes. Uh, I mean, college students. Two sorority girls and about four, maybe five frat boys. They they wrote them so unforgettably that it's really hard to tell, and I didn't even bother to learn their names. With them is Chad, a preppy frat bro with a superiority complex who acts as their leader and Allison, a pretty down-to-earth final girl type. After a near run-in on the road, both parties cross again at a gas station where Tucker stops up, uh, stocks up on maintenance supplies and pickled eggs. And the tropes, I mean the college students, get beer. When Tucker sees Dale taking notice of Allison, he encourages the shy Dale to take a chance and talk to her. Due to his social awkwardness and the fact that he's holding a scythe. <laughs> Which was brilliant. <laughs> this does not go well and sparks off a series of misunderstandings which leads to results that are both hilarious and tragic. However, I think the best synopsis of this movie was done by Jason Shawhan from the Nashville scene. He called Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Two Rednecks Accidentally Trigger an Obnoxious Co-Ed Massacre. Subtitled, Night of the Deserving Dead. Good enough. All right. So, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil is a 2011 horror comedy. It was directed by Eli Craig and written by Eli Craig and Morgan Jurgensen. And it stars Alan Tudyk as Tucker, Tyler Labine as Dale, Katrina Bowden as Allison, and Jesse Moss as Chad. Yeah, everybody else is... Minor players. They're, in, in this, they're, yeah, they're inconsequential in, in, and, prob- and for good reason. Of course. Of course. For good reason. So, why did you pick this movie for us to watch? I picked this movie because um, there were extenuating circumstances that I, I enjoyed this movie. This, this is not a movie that you would have expected me to pick, number one. So, no. it was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, we have watched a lot of horror movies together this year for the first time. I, I mean, I'm starting I've, to like them, uh, aren't well, you? I mean, I'm still going to pick a comedy or an action movie over a horror movie, but mm-hmm. they don't repulse me like they used to. I'm, I'm inquisitive in nature at this point, I think. I watched this several years ago. I think I think I was like homesick or something, and I was just on the sofa just looking for something to watch, and I genuinely love Alan Tudyk. I think he is just uh, he. There's 
nothing to me that he fails at. Well, you were a big Firefly. I did Fly really, fan, I did yeah. really like Firefly, and he was really good in that. And uh, spoilers, I cried at the end of Serenity. Um, he, uh, he's just nerd. He's just, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sucker. <laughs> he, I, I just think he's really talented, and I, en- I enjoy him. So, uh, I saw this, and I'm like, well, it can't be that bad. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's labeled as a comedy. It can't be too bloody. And when I got through it, I'm like, you know what? It wasn't, it wasn't anything that grossed me out, and I just really enjoyed it. And it was not one we had ever watched because it kind of flies under the radar. And I just thought having enjoyed it the way I did, that you would really like it because I thought it was right down your alley. Okay. Yeah, this is something I probably wouldn't pick. I do like horror and I do like horror comedy, but I tend, because what I expected going into this, because I had not really, I'd heard a little bit about it. Hold on, hold on. What did you expect (laughs) going into this movie? trying to gloss over the fact that you forgot to ask me that but I, that's I, okay i didn't forget to ask see <laughs> okay so yeah i i expected what i expected honestly was Ernest meets evil dead that's what i expected and <laughs> i just by you know the what? sound of it right the, the sound There's like of the title like 85 Ernest movies why do we not have an Ernest meets the evil dead <laughs> that's what i expected i'm not big on hick comedy i don't I'm really not a big fan of like Larry the Cable Guy. I don't like the fact that you know people make fun of rednecks. And yeah, that's your uppity New Englander ass. It's not coming uppity. out. No, it's not uppity that I I don't like it because I don't like the hillbilly. I don't like making fun of the hick. That's it. Just I don't find it funny. So, mm. uh, but okay, all right, okay. Um, so this was, I mean, strongly disagree, but we'll, we'll, we'll go on. What do you mean? I love it. Yeah. I think it's hysterical. Ernest? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Ernest. Yeah. I don't, I don't, oh, I don't God. dig it. Not, not, not to change the subject, but I mean, Ernest f- was like a strong influence on my formative years. <laughs> <laughs> Slow burn right there. <laughs> okay. Vern. Uh, <laughs> I like, but I like stupid humor. I liked Dumb and Dumber. I like I like those you know the, I like those movies, and that's what Ernest was. Ernest wasn't a hick. He was just a nice, goofball, gullible, just too nice, over the top guy. And I just thought like uh, Ernest go, Ernest goes to camp. Ernest goes to jail. Where there, I'm you, sorry. You did make me watch part of the Ernest Christmas Sin- one. That last one's not year. good. That one's yeah. not good. But it's still Ernest. But you know, we we digress. I j- I just find that humor. Yeah. I like Larry the Cable Guy. Right. I I'm 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 on. His movies have not been that great, but I do like his stand up. Okay. Um, okay. So I don't mind like the rest of the blue collar tour guys. It's just Larry the Cable Guy for some reason. I just can't abide. But um, you're too highbrow. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely smarter than I am. So there you go. <laughs> So that was one that that's kind of what I was expecting. Um, I was pleasantly surprised is almost very Shakespearean because of the whole comedy of errors thing and people assuming something about the other person and, and that whole snowball effect. Um, I was a little disappointed at first because the way that they set this up, which is Tucker and Dale versus evil, it did make me think of Evil Dead, so I was kind of thinking there was some kind of supernatural something attached to the cabin, which didn't didn't pan out. Yeah, it's kind of misleading, but yeah. I I also like that. But I mean, it, 
that would have been a completely different movie as well. You wouldn't have had the... I wouldn't call this a satire, and I wouldn't call this a parody. I would just call this no, no. You know, I just it, more. There's a lot of homages in the movie that we'll, that we'll homage, get yeah. to, but it just just I think that if you'd had it set up where they actually went up there and there was some supernatural force that they were fighting against, it would have been yeah, not what it is. Yeah, and I really like the fact that, it, like I said, it's very Shakespearean because it's it's all about the fact that one group is making assumptions about the other group, and and it's not what you expect you don't expect that these guys to be totally baffled by the response of the the college tropes to them now you right? said you said it's very shakespearean i think you pronounced it wrong the proper pronunciation is very threes company-ish that too <laughs> <laughs> that too um yeah so i mean that's just comedy that's just the way you know comedy oh, oh no i don't know i don't think chris is coming to the cabin this weekend <laughs> So I, I that was that was just really really funny, and then the horror part of it, which you know, if you have if you watch, we were talking before about um, uh, um, different forms of horror and and how uh, that films like Deliverance and The Wicker Man and and all that 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 folk horror genre right. is really about people who don't belong in that place coming to a place. And the fact that they see themselves as so high above the people who live there, um, and it gets them into trouble. I Only think this time, it's not inflicted by Tucker and Dale. It's very much self-inflicted, where they get scared and they hilariously but tragically die. Well, the first time I watched this, I didn't know what I was. I should expect either. To be honest with you, I I wasn't expecting a comedy. I think that this movie um, is a fan favorite. Uh, because it's a movie that people found out about after the fact, and they really enjoy it. It's got, it's got a lot of Galaxy Quest in, in its popularity. To my, you know, only Galaxy Quest was fortunate enough for the word to get out while it was in the theaters. This movie, when you look at it, like you said, you're like, okay, they're going to a cabin. They're going to fight some evil in the cabin. There's a hot girl there apparently, and you know, we're going to move on. You don't get that from from the marketing, and I think that that really hurt the the box office power of this movie. But you're right. What you're expecting and what you what you think you're going to get, I didn't expect a comedy. I really didn't. I did expect a comedy. I wasn't quite sure how it was going to play out. The one thing I think it it got a little once you ran out of college kids to, you know, impale, set themselves on fire, throw themselves into a wood chip or whatever it is they did to kill themselves um, or get killed. Um, it got that third act got a little slow. So I'm I'm gonna call you because before when we were talking on, in our Suicide Squad episode, we had talked about third act problems in some of those uh, comic book movies, and we were specifically talking about Black Panther. And mm -hmm. you said, "When was the last time you walked away from a film and said that you know the, the third act was bad, but that was a really great film?" I'm gonna argue that this film does that. Just I agree because it's so different. Well. I think you. We talked about it a little bit. You kind of write yourself into a corner mm -hmm. with, with with this premise. Mm -hmm. Somebody can only accidentally kill themselves so many different ways. I right. mean, there's not, especially in the middle of the woods, where there's nowhere to, no, you know, no electricity, no buildings to fall off. You can only and 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 the, they didn't even the last couple didn't even really kill themselves. On accident, they were killed. You know, when we when when you speak of the when you talk about the oh one, somebody else's yeah, accident, the one that got yeah. set on fire, 
The one uh, that got her face. The, the one that got her face weed eater by a pool by a pool and weed eater. Um, and the and then the young girl that was just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna have a smoke, <laughs> you know. Yeah. At, I love that. Yeah, by the way, that, that was awesome. <laughs> at, at that point, I mean, but yeah, that the the originality of the whole thing, but the way that they carried those out to me was just it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like the it first, was a great snowball effect. Just boom, big bam. I've boom. never seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and when he was running around swinging that chainsaw, I'm like, that's bra- bravo, bravo. <laughs> And the kid is just hauling ass, yeah. And they're again three's company. Mm-hmm. He he thinks he's running because of the bees too. I just thought it was yeah. really great. It's it's pretty funny. Um, so why don't we? Because um, you know we, we really haven't talked about the the rest of the 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 other key misunderstanding um, that happened after uh, the gas station scene. Okay. Um, but we do have the gas station scene. Do you want to? Go to that clip. Sure. Oh, hot dog, Tucker. Have you ever seen anything like that in your life? There's nothing so special about them. They're just your average college girls. Nothing average about that. You know something, Dale? She's just human. Why don't you go over there and talk to her? Talk to her? What? What in the world would I say? I don't know. Tell her that you got a vacation home. That'll probably impress her. Are you out of your mind, Tucker? These are college girls, okay? They grew up with vacation homes and guys like me fixing their toilets. You gotta have some faith in yourself, man. Girls can smell fear. Now, come on. You are a good-looking man, more or less. You got a damn good heart. Yep. I mean, that's two things right there. Now, go on. Get over there. What's the worst that can happen? You know something? You're right, Tuck. I'm gonna do it. All right. I'm gonna do it right now. All right, hold up, hold up, hold up. All right, no. Whatever you say, just smile and laugh. That shows confidence. Smile and laugh. Okay. Do it. All right. You guys, uh, going camping? <laughs> hey, now look, we don't want any trouble, all right? So just help back oh, okay, off. Oh, oh. Okay, back okay, 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 I'm sorry. Get in the truck. It's like a good looking cooler. Uh, I told you, Tucker. I'm a zero with the ladies. They hate my face. Come on. It was a good looking cooler. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, I don't is, is that <laughs> is that why you married me? Because I've got two things. <laughs> You're a good looking guy, more or less. More or less. That's two things right there. Uh, yeah, that's uh that was some good writing, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think so too. It's it's very it's it's very funny and kind of sets up things later on because you see that um, Chad's got the superiority complex, and they were saying before in the truck that if you're not uh, Beta Chi or or whatever 
I, I don't remember the the frat that they were from. Yeah. That you were nothing. Garbage. And garbage, yeah. And and he definitely has something against hillbillies. And when they and when the tropes all get up to the tropey campsite, um, he basically um, tells this the tropey um, campfire story. But right. it's very specific about these hillbillies massacring these co-eds. And it's been very specific ways. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it gets to this very foreshadowing hatred that, that Chad has. We're not going to reveal it just yet. but And then after all is said and done, somebody goes, let's go skinny dipping. Again, very tropey. Yeah, but uh, again, homages to all the mm-hmm. all the horror movies that yep. there's a skinny dipping in or right. somebody having sex where they're not supposed mm-hmm. to be or mm-hmm. any of that stuff. Show your boobies, you're dying. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, if there hadn't been boobs in it, I wouldn't want to watch it. <laughs> oh, no? Huh. Huh. Uh, so basically, after this happens, you get Chad hitting on Allison, you... And then you get all the kids down at the lake where Tucker and Dale are also fishing. And Allison is on a rock, taking her clothes off. Dale's trying to avert his eyes because Dale's a good guy. Tucker's looking. Dale yells at Tucker. Allison gets scared, slips, falls in the water, hits her head. Dale and Tucker notice that she didn't come up for air, so they went and they rescued her. But all her friends see is Allison's limp body being pulled into the boat, which is great. Yeah. The, well, the best part of the scene is as soon as they get they know they realize they have their friend Allison's friend's attention. They're going, "Hey, we got your friend!" <laughs> and of course, all the college kids think that that's a threat and scream and go running off. Hey, lady. Yeah. So that's. That's kind of what starts this off. So the next day, uh, you got Chad uh, with a full-on rage boner um, and a thirst for hillbilly blood, and he rallies his troops for a rescue mission, and Allison wakes up in Tucker's cabin, and he's, she's scared by the presence of Dale at first, um, and, and he just thinks it's because he's serving her pancakes. Right. So he goes and makes her bacon and eggs instead because of carbs. <laughs> can't we have it all? Can't, can't we just eat it all? Can't we have them all? I don't know. Uh, then she realizes that he's just a sweet old teddy bear, and and they kind of form a sweet friendship. But it's it's when the the college kids start to mobilize around trying to get Allison back, quote unquote. Uh, things just just hit the fan. And uh, one of the most creative kills I've seen in a long time, where a guy just chucks himself into a wood chipper. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh well, that was the uh, the second set of kills, wasn't it? The first one was with uh, was when he was chasing when he was running around with the the, the chainsaw. Yeah, why don't you talk about that one? Well, he's running around with a chainsaw. <laughs> well, no, at first he's he's just he's using cut, a chainsaw. he's cut he's yeah. cutting a tree and he hits a hornet's nest and he's running from him and you know swinging it around straight up the leather face right out of right out of the movies. So uh, the other kid is trying to sneak up on him. He's trying to come up to the house to knock on the door. And he gets scared because he thinks he's chasing with a chainsaw when he's really just running from the from the hornets, and he, you know, straight up right runs right into the tree, which was you know he impales himself. Yeah, pretty funny. I'm not. I have questions, but you know, <laughs> it, you know, on the basis of the movie, there it was it was it was really good. 
I, I thought that that was, I mean, I had ne- like I said, I had never seen Chainsaw Massacre, and when he did that, I'm just like, yep, that's that's Leatherface. Straight up Leatherface. So good, yeah. Yeah, somebody had pointed out, I was listening to somebody else's analysis of it, and the the only there's only two bits of CGI in this film. Mm-hmm. Everything else is practical effects, and one of them is after said frat boy impales himself, he's there obviously suffering, and you get this bee or horner land right on his nose, and he looks... And I didn't catch this, so I had to go to and find a clip of it and, and watch it again. You get this brief moment of recognition of, oh, he wasn't after me. Yeah. Because at one point, Tucker surpasses this kid. He runs kid. past him, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even realize the kid's there until he turns and looks and goes, oh, shit, there's, there's a kid over there. <laughs> yeah. It was it was I, great. It was, it was really great. I just... Night, I mean, there's a lot of reasons I asked you to watch this movie, and there's, yeah. it was it was fun. So there, there's some other other crazy things as I as I alluded to, where they're they're still trying to get her back. So there's one person they're 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 fully mobilizing because Allison's bored. She comes out, she wants to help Dale dig a trench for an, an outhouse, and the kids see her because they come back to try to regroup. Um, somebody has gone to town to try to get the cops. Yeah, the one kid that my dad said only I can drive the Jeep. Yeah, which is hysterical. It's great, yeah. And they see her digging, and they're like, oh, my God, they're having her dig her own grave. Those six sons of bitches. Yeah, and it's it's great. So everybody mobilizes to try to get some kids go off to the side to try to get Tucker, who's clearing the lot and using the wood chipper. And then you've got Dale and Allison that are in the trench doing some digging. And... The guy who goes for Tucker, Tucker moves to go get more wood, and he just dives headfirst into this wood chipper. And two sorority girls just get splattered with just blood guts. It's just it's they over said, the top. It's so, so funny. They said for that scene, they just put a lot of padding into the wood chipper, and the stuntman literally dove into it, which is hysterical because when you watch it on the scene that's exactly what happens he dives like he's stretching out to catch a touchdown in the back of the end zone so funny uh we said we were going to kind of focus mm-hmm. on the different characters in this in the clip there when when uh, T- uh dale i get him confused tucker mm-hmm. dale tyler labine's character dale tyler labine's dale sorry guys he's walking back he goes i hate my face he ad-libbed that line Oh, did he? That was an ad lib <laughs> line. Yeah, they hate my face, and and that's why and that's why they they, they said from what I the one of the things I read was that's why that scene cut so abruptly mm-hmm. because they were on a very strict budget and they didn't want to reshoot the scene, but everybody else started laughing so hard that they had to they had to cut it immediately. <laughs> they hate my face, that kills me. And now now when I see it, it just makes it that much that much funnier. Yeah, the best part of the scene with the wood chipper though is is Tucker's response. Because when he turns around, he sees like these legs hanging out of the wood chipper. He's trying to pull him out. And finally, yeah. when everything just shuts down and it gets quiet, he's like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's done, bro. He's done. The second his head went in there, he was done. So D-U-N. Wh- D-U-N. Done. And so while all that's, that... Some of that redneck humor yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when that's all going on, um, you've got... Somebody hadn't trying to, to save Alice, save quote unquote Allison from Dale, and he's got 
a pole or javelin, something, whatever he had. Um, he had a sharpened stick. He's a sharpened stick. He just took a, like a big stick and sharpened it up like it was a like a, a spear or a pike or something. Mm-hmm. And just goes running. And Dale turns around and it's like, hey, look at your friends. And he's waving and they see that he's coming. And <laughs> Dale goes to move. He hits Allison in the head, so she's out. And he falls down because she falls down. And the kid ends up impaling himself on the sharp stick. So now we got two down. So the next clip is Dale taking Allison into the cabin, Tucker running into the cabin too after this all happened, and they're trying to process the whole scene. (laughs) Allison, say something. Tucker! Tucker! Holy mother of God! You'll never believe. What happened to you? Are you okay? What happened to me? Some kid. He just hooked himself right into the wood chipper. What? Head first right into the wood chipper. From his shoes and his pants, it looked like it might have been one of the college kids. What the hell happened to her? What? Oh, she got knocked down, fell into the shitter hole right next to me. Is that your blood? What? No. No, it's college kid blood. One of those suckers came running out of nowhere and speared himself straight through the gut and died right on top of me, Todd. Oh no! Calm down, calm down, don't cry, calm down! Get a hold of yourself! (sighs) All right. I know what this is. What? This is a suicide pact. It's a what? These kids are coming out here and they're killing themselves all over the woods. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. Holy shit, we have got to hide all of the sharp objects! You know what else, Tucker? Tucker! I think they're trying to kill her too. Yeah? Think about it, that's why they acted so funny after we saved her, because they want her dead. Why? I don't know. I don't know. It's good that you don't know. It's good that I don't know, because if we knew, then they would want to kill us, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so what? What do we, what do we, um, we go to the police? Call the police? Yeah. Tell them what? Oh, I'll tell them what happened. Uh, That's a good idea, Dale. Oh, howdy ho, officer. We've had a doozy of a day. There we were minding our own business, just doing some chores around the house when kids started killing themselves all over my property. Well, that's what happened, Tucker. He would have to be a moron to believe that, Dale. It doesn't matter what happened. What matters is what looks like what happened. And what looks like what happened is pretty nasty. So what the hell do we do then? We gotta clean this mess up. Right now. Okay. I gotta be honest with you, honey. I've had a doozy of a day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I found it funny the first time I watched it, but the second time I watched it, that line killed the me. The doozy of a day. I've well, had a, we've had a doozy of a day. Well, the funny thing is, is that's that foreshadows what comes up next in the next scene because the sheriff does drive up as they're trying to pull the guy's legs out of the wood chipper, and they got kind of dragging him along behind him and the cop comes up and that's exactly what Tucker says to him. Kids just started killing themselves all over my property. But it's funny because we've got the the kid's point of view, which is we got killer hillbillies running around the woods and their point of view is we got some suicidal college kids running around the woods and it's it's perfectly, it's it's just it's brilliant. Right. It really is. And the scene in the scene after the young man uh, run, impales himself running back to the the, the hornets. Mm-hmm. Th- it was an ad lib 
idea. He didn't ad lib it. He told him about it, and they loved it. When he came in and his hornet stings, and he poured the beer all over his face. Right. That was uh, Alan Tudyk's idea to do that. Well, to be in the background pouring beer on his face while everybody's trying to figure out what happened. I thought that was pretty pretty in, uh, ingenious as well. Yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit about um I I think that obviously you've got these other college kids what who I've been jokingly been calling them tropes throughout this whole episode because right. it's it is by design because I think if you cared at all about these characters to see them die in the ways that they die would be highly disturbing right. and not funny at all. You're right. So I think they did a really good job with that. Uh, but the, our four key main actors in this, which are Alan Tudyk, Tyler Levine, and Cherie from 30 Rock. Right. <laughs> and Chad. And Chad. Allison, Catherine Bowden. Catherine, Catherine Bowden. Bowden. She plays yeah. Allison. She plays Allison. She was she was famously Cherie on on Thirty Rock, and she also was in a wonderful film called Piranha Three Double D. Right. There was a lot of people in that movie. A lot of people in that movie. Really? Oh, there was a lot of stars. I didn't. I didn't. A lot of stars. The rest of that, I just thought that that was pretty funny. Uh, and then Chad, yeah, Jesse Moss. So. Um, I think that obviously it's it's Levine that steals the show. You get some. Yep. You get some. Adam Levine. Adam Levine, yes. Okay. Yes. No, Tyler Levine. 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 Did I say Levine? Yes, you did. <sighs> it's all right. You have to forgive me, folks. Why? Because uh, I I just uh, not quite all there with the brain. Can't brain today. It happens. Yeah. I'm all done adulting today too. So yeah, <laughs> uh, Alan Tudyk's hysterical in this, uh, but I was surprised to find that Jesse Moss um, has a lot of producer credits. Uh, to, it wasn't on his IMDb, but I it did link to it from Rotten Tomatoes, and he does a lot of production on documentaries that are getting amazing scores on RottenTomatoes.com. Like? So he produced uh, something called The Overnighters, which is compared to the mo- like a modern-day Grapes of Wrath documentary. Okay. Um, that got, I believe, like a 98% or 99% on Rotten Tomatoes for critic score um, and an 85% audience score. Um, he's got something that's got uh, 100%. Um, I don't know if it's been released or in wide release yet so there's no audience score but the critic score is about 100% right now nice um, and it's called Gay Chorus Deep South so he does a lot of um, work in these directors producer um, work in documentaries which is, is kind of cool kind of cool that is fantastic documentaries are awesome and needed and Kind of hard to find a not to go down a rabbit hole. Kind of hard to find a bad documentary because documentary exists because there's something that people were curious about. Oh, I've I've seen some pretty bad documentaries. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm stupid. There are lots of bad documentaries <laughs> out there. <laughs> they're still interesting, but I've seen some bad, especially if they're poorly made or poor, poor subject matter. Poorly made, interesting subject matter, um, or if the subject matter isn't. In- 
increasingly one-sided it it can be hard to gotcha you know a little something it just just as heavy-handed you know you brought up heavy-handed messages and like happy feet and and things like that if you get a documentary that is that much it's it doesn't make it an interesting watch well shout out to friend of the show mike putnam i i like his favorite documentary is one of my favorite documentaries uh harold and kumar go to white castle that's a fantastic (laughs) documentary it's gripping i hear it's gripping gripping riveting can't turn away can't turn away um okay it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't have a cat walking through hold on a second Move. Okay. Oh, God, I hate you, Kenny. <sighs> that's that's right. the dangers of having a studio at home. <laughs> I like how you think this is a studio. <laughs> <laughs> is it not? Uh, probably not compared to what some people have, but <laughs> fair enough. Well, let's let's talk about um, how this movie, because this movie has got a very interesting story, of, because I, I kind of feel like this is the plucky little movie that could. Okay. Um, so you you did a little bit of looking at the backstory as far as Eli Craig, who who is Sally Field's son. Yes, trivia. he is. Uh, he had done some bit parts. He's actually uh, he's the cameraman in the opening scene. Yeah, he and his wife. Yeah, uh, and his, his wife is mm-hmm. the reporter. Uh, essentially, from what I gathered, looking into this movie, we, do we do we want to do this now? We don't want to kind of finish the movie out. Um, we could we could finish the movie out. Uh, we I don't could do care. this now. I I don't. Well, yes. Yeah. Let's, let's do freeform. All right. Freeform. All right. It's jazz. Yeah. It's jazz. He uh he had um. Apparently, he and a buddy of his had who actually they ended up writing the screenplay together. Mm-hmm. Had kind of noticed that hillbillies are always bad guys in horror uh, movies, yep. more or less, because you know. Everybody loves to hate a hillbilly for some reason. You you got a pretty tease. Yeah. Yeah. And when they started looking at a lot of the hillbilly style movies, they said, wouldn't it be funny if the hillbillies were the good guys and it was a mistake? So they put together, it took about six weeks to write the script. Six weeks, six months. I think it was six months to write the script. And then it took them about three years to get funding for the movie. Uh, they ended up getting backing by some Canadian investors, so uh, this was all shot in Canada. Uh, apparently, it was close to wintertime. The scene on the lake mm-hmm. where they were swimming and in the boat, the the lake had been frozen over four days earlier. Oh, my God. So the scene where the, the young lady, let me get her name right. Yeah, she des- she deserves some, some recognition. Because Is it Christy Lang? I think so. Yeah, the one who lights the cigarette, Chloe, uh, Chaylen Simmons, Chaylen Simmons. I'm probably murdering that name. She was not shivering because she was not shaking because she was scared in that scene. She was shaking because she was freezing. And they actually had uh, paramedics Mm -hmm. with scuba gear available in case anything went wrong because you had Tyler in the lake and you had uh, Katrina Mm -hmm. in the lake. So that was, you know, kind of, but that's what they filmed it. And then it sat, um, it sat for about a year, they said. It went to a bunch of film shows, a bunch of or film uh, festivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won Best in Show at a couple. It won Best uh, Original Screenplay at one. It won Best, whatever. It won the Audience Award yep. at South, uh, and, South but, by Southwest. I'll, I'll look that up while you're talking. But they could not find a distributor for it. Uh, eventually, Magnet picked it up under Magnolia Films. Um, they released it. 
and it did not do super well uh, in the movies. But there was a lot of a lot of uh, Eli Craig's uh, love and passion went into this, and uh, they signed on Alan Tudyk right from the get go. And they said that when they picked him, and then Tyler Labine came in, they said they just immediately hit it off. They said the chemistry was great between the two of them, and they literally the whole time they were on the set, they acted like they were best buddies. And it shows they had they got along really well. The scene in, where he rolls over him and he takes the shot to the Nards, that he actually took the shot to the Nards. <laughs> it was it was an accident. And Act they, through the pain. Yes, and they yeah. kept it. So awesome. Yeah, that's. That's really good. And the thing about this movie is, to me, the gold standard in comedy horror thus far, for me, has been Shaun of the Dead. Of course. Edgar Wright, Shaun of the Dead. I kind of walked away the first time on the first viewing because you were like, did you like it? And I I was not as enthusiastic as you expected me to be. True. Because uh, I was still processing it. Because to to get back to the storyline, the third act got really—I don't want to say messy, but it got a little. It it didn't quite have a good pacing to it. The storyline was a little weird. Kind of got rode into a corner. Uh, well, here's 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 what I did think. I thought that you were right. You did make me watch live-action Rocky and Bullwinkle because this movie actually has a woman in in a mill tied to a log heading toward a blade. It wasn't a log. It was a plank. A plank. Sorry. Two by four. Big difference. <laughs> Huge difference. Four by four. Uh and I haven't seen that since Dudley Do Right, so right, you, you, you kind of did make me watch a live action. Rocky well, yeah, I mean, after the scene in the house where, what a great three minutes, where he gets angry and then his buddies break in and he's going to attack him with a weed eater and he weed eats mm-hmm. one girl's face off and then they accidentally light the other one on fire. He, he gets it on fire and then the big thing of gas cans there and. <laughs> Tucker Tucker straight up says, oh, man, maybe I should have moved those outside. Yeah. There's like 11 teen gas cans sitting there in a pile with just rags hanging out of them. Um, you know, that, that, that led to that. You had to have the one-on-one fight with the bad guy. It was a very weak fight, uh, right. in my opinion. The third act did suffer a little bit. But, I mean, they're giving you what you wanted. They, they, they couldn't bring a supernatural force into it. It had to be just a fight between a guy and a guy. Well, the one thing that we've kind of glossed over here is even though Tucker and Dale are aren't the smartest you know in the world we've got here, you do have Dale with an eidetic memory, right? Mm-hmm. So he will remember anything he gets told or anything he reads. Uh, so our true villain in this thing ends up being Chad. Yep, and Chad is the son of the only survivor of this Memorial Day massacre, the story which he tells at the beginning of the film. And so he has been brought up to just hate hillbillies, and of course, conveniently in the sawmill, 
as they're running away from Chad when he can, Allison had been tied up to the plank, the log, whatever it was, heading toward the the blade. Uh, Dale rescues her and they try to run away. So they hold themselves up in this office that's in in the sawmill, and they conveniently find that the killer, one of the killers of this massacre, looks oddly like Chad. Not oddly like. He looks like an Amish Chad. An Amish Chad. He does. He looks like an Amish Chad. They they put that, you know, they put that, um, you know, the beard that like the 18 or the 19 year old Amish kids have where it's just, it just it's like down the cheeks and under the chin, but there's no mustache. That That's what, that's what he looked like with so, long. So oh, you're yeah. saying it wasn't a hillbilly with somebody on Ron Springer? I blame the Amish. I, I blame, okay. they, well, they're close to Philadelphia. They're close to Pennsylvania, so... No, he, but he did. He, that's that's just the way they. But you're right. Yeah. That's that's what you find out. Yeah, and, and we also find out because there's the what slows it down is you've got this whole snowball scene which Greg was describing, and it really reminded me of that. There's a there's a skit. Um, I don't know what year it was in the Monty Python's Flying Circus, where someone goes tennis anyone and flings out his arms and off goes the tennis racket and it just starts this chain reaction of people getting. Bloody, stuff stuck in their bloody, eyes and heads, bloody heads falling off. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's 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 really really funny. So they they slow they they had slowed that whole portion down before that even happens. That whole snowball and Allison's thing is she's a psychology major, so she's trying to even out these misunderstandings between Chad and Tucker and Dale, and it it slows it down. But that's when you get the reveal that Chad was the son of the only survivor and he thinks that his you know his mother was pregnant and his father died was one of the college kids that died in that massacre and then later we find and and in that scene we get a key piece of information that he has asthma and chamomile and he's allergic to chamomile tea those are the, the key things that we hear which is funny because the part where i believe it's tucker Mentions such and such in the chamomile tea will affix will will um will cause his asthma. It triggers his asthma. That was Dale. Yeah. Okay. When Dale when Dale, Dale, when Dale says that, yeah. what the, the what he says is actually chamomile. That's that's the scientific term for chamomile. So oh. what he's saying is the chamomile <laughs> that's in the chamomile tea. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was one of the one of the. You know, they, they, every movie has you know it's 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 goof ups and you you know you let them go. You know things like. Uh, I I only noticed it because I read it before we were doing. I was doing the research before mm-hmm. because we were we were strapped on time for this one. When he gets the nail gun and he's shooting the nail gun at him, when he gets everything set up, of course, me being the mechanical minded guy, I'm like, first of all, where's the compressor? Because you got to have compressed air. <laughs> no, didn't they? I thought they I did. Thought they turn a compressor they on. A compressor okay, they on. might have. But yeah. when he grabbed the nail gun and he walked away with it, the hose fell off. <laughs> so there's no air. And and. and we all know that a nail gun doesn't shoot like that, but that can yeah. we'll, we'll reserve that for the way I have questions. Just, just think of them as moving yeah. two by yeah. fours. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but it was uh, I, the I thought the the third scene in the in the sawmill was a tad bit contrived, but you know what? This movie's fun enough yeah. that you don't really. It, it was still a fun fight. It, it it wasn't like it was a ridiculous fight. Like people were flying all of a sudden. It was just. Yeah, I, I almost feel like the that the way that they set it up where they conveniently find it. Now, had this been a parody of another movie? Now, this couldn't be a parody because usually parodies like, uh, what is it, the one that 
made fun of Scream Scary Movie. Yeah. Okay. They Which one? Scary Movie 1, 2, uh, seven, I, I'm just going to go with 85. Scary Movie 1 because <laughs> I think I've only seen Scary Movie 1 and 2 and I really didn't wish I hadn't. But uh, but Scary Movie 1, the, the main plot is parody of Scream, but they do veer off in other directions and make fun of other horror movies. But you have a through line. This didn't have any parody to... Th- to do with right. line. but in those types of movies finding something conveniently like that becomes a little bit more i won't say plausible in the plot but because it's such a straight up parody it's like boom there it is and uh, you know you can you can do more with it this didn't feel as organic as it as it oh, could it was have def- been. it was definitely last minute exposition to make yeah. sure that they got their point across that he was a hillbilly right so li- like you said they were painted into a corner yeah I, I did like uh, Chad's Michael moment though. So uh, as far as falling off out of the yes. second story and then suddenly disappearing. So. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, I don't think there's, I don't think there's too many. Sorry, guys, a cat again. I don't think there's too many franchises. Mm-hmm that did not have an homage paid to them in this one. The only one that I didn't honestly see was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, because it didn't have any of that supernatural. Gotcha. But it was it was good. Um, some of the other trivia pieces, do you want to kind of share some of that? Because we, we did do a little bit of research, and I prob- we probably both read the same seven articles, and, and, and I showed you that great video by sure. Good Film, Bad Film. One of the one of the things uh, that happened with this movie was they did not they they wanted to stay true to their vision, but then they also thought it would be fun on the DVD. He edited together about twenty minutes of Tucker and Dale being seen through the eyes of the college students, right? To where Tucker and Dale were actually the bad guys, and they liked it, but they didn't like it because of the fact that it actually went right back into the horror genre of the hillbillies or the bad guys. Right. That was um, that was a pretty fun one. Uh, I guess it's the scene where at the gas station where he's eating the pickled eggs, they had to eat so many, he ate so many pickled eggs, he got sick, oh. started to get sick. <laughs> I can just get sick looking at pickled eggs, I'm telling uh, you. Uh, yeah. Uh, the hat that Tyler Labine wears throughout the whole, that was his idea to have him show, uh, to sew Giver in it. Mm-hmm. Like give, I guess it's supposed to be like a, a trucker term like give her. It's it's Canadian get her done. More or less. Sound, yeah. uh, it, I, perfect. Sounds great. I'd like everybody to rewind what you just heard <laughs> and listen to how brilliant <laughs> I sound right there. I almost got all five vowel sounds <laughs> into my commentary there in less than two seconds. And sometimes why? And all of that on zero <laughs> beers, ladies and gentlemen. We've, we, we've kind of thrown in most of the <laughs> trivia that we that we knew about um, ahead yeah. of time, the, or, the, or, or, or we've interspersed it in not ahead of time. Yeah, I think the one thing we do get to say though, because we we did mention PBR, so let's let's bring that little tidbit in. Yeah, that that was actually pretty cool. Uh, credit to great good good flicks, bad flicks on YouTube. Uh, they had some issues getting licensing in this movie. Mm. Uh, the coupon for L- lickety dogs or whatever it was called uh, on the wall. Chili, wasn't some, it? Yeah, the chili dogs. That was supposed to be an Arby's uh, car coupon, and Arby's would not allow them. They were only allowed to show PBR 
greatest beer ever. Um, they were only allowed to show PBR. Nah, that's good audio right there. Yeah, they only allowed to show. Well, hence the greatest beer ever. They were only allowed to show PBR twelve times, and there was one more merchandising or that's licensing a half case right there. They could not get the rights to Trivial Pursuit. That's why they they were gonna they wanted to play Trivial Pursuit, and uh, they wanted to have that as the game instead of Trivi Trivi Up. I think it's called Trivi Up. I think that's what the name of the game was. Was Triv Trivia Up or Trivium? It might have been Trivium. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I watched this movie. Like two <laughs> days or something like, a like whole that. A week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you'd like to discuss there? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Um, if you had to pick your top three moments from this film, what would they be? My top three moments. Um, <laughs> uh, well, shouldn't you answer that first, or do I have to answer that first? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll give one. Then you. I'll, I'll give my top three moments. Okay. One of them was that kid must not like bees because he was running like a bat out of hell. <laughs> that cracked me up. Uh, the, the first time I saw it, that cracked me up. And the the use of the officer, they just kids just started showing up, killing themselves all over my property. It's the fact that they set that day. up, it's been, a, it's, I've had a doozy of a day. The fact that they did that and then five minutes later did the exact same thing, I thought it was absolutely hysterical. And then my third, my third favorite part, I'm probably going to steal one from you, was when the girl was like, Fuck it, I'm having a cigarette. <laughs> it was just like they—they they didn't even bother to, to to say like you know what she she's she's stressed. How are we killing her? She's just gonna have a smoke. That was I liked that part really well. Well, they said it was gonna kill her anyway, so. right? Yeah, I like they they have they had a part where the the cabin that Tucker and Dale go into it's Tucker's vacation home is appropriately scary enough not not too too scary which I, I kind of you kind of get the feeling that this property was the property where these massacre hillbillies lived because there's bones all over the place mobiles made of bones and and uh, they just think that the former owners are were archaeologists so I thought that was pretty funny that was funny <laughs> but they also set up that uh, there's a beam that's loose and when somebody leans on it it goes flying forward and there's this piece of wood that has all these nails sticking out of it and when the cop comes in to check out the cabin to make sure that allison is alive uh he leans on that post and he gets it right in the head and he starts walking out of the cabin which is just a horrific scene that the teens are in the back of the cop car and they can't run and they're freaking out and he's just trying to walk up to use the radio and the whole commentary between Tucker and Dale about oh oh my god I can't, I can't believe he's still walking I can't, no he's going to walk it off he's he's, he's going to walk, walk it, it off. off the dialogue between Tucker and Dale in this movie was fantastic it yeah, was it fantastic was it was great and I, you know, the third one, I guess, is because the 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 poor girl who who was the one in the water with no top on, um, that probably deserves more kudos than than she gets for this film for being in that cold water. Um, she was a smoker, and during the part where they're trying to get Allison back, she tries to light a cigarette, and somebody says you shouldn't smoke; those will kill those will kill you. And she's like, "Well, being killed is going to kill me anyway," and. That whole point where she's just like, "Fuck it, I can't get out of here. There's too much, you know, too much flames around. I'm just gonna light the cigarette." And she just takes that. 
the bucket of blood in her face from the chipper was pretty solid. Oh, too. that was pretty solid. Yeah, that that was a gory, gory, gory scene. Was. So. What three scenes did you like the least? That's or three a, parts. The three parts that I liked the least. That's a good question. I, oh, I know. That's why I asked it. I <laughs> I thought that I would. I really thought that they were going to go more into the the cabin, like who owned this cabin, and and you and you kind of get it at the end, but. It wasn't enough to kind of just satisfy my curiosity. Gotcha. Um, I think they did that intentionally. I think they're trying to leave. They're they're trying to leave as many open spots as they can for a sequel. Yeah, and we'll get to the the sequel later. Apparently, um, or the non sequel at this point. The other thing I didn't like was that well, I just didn't like the whole end scene as a conclusion. I don't I don't think there was a, an as much comedy in it. Um, but it wasn't dire enough to feel like there's a lot of tension going on. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why they added the whole sawmill joke. I'm just, I'm still flabbergasted that there was a sawmill joke in this whole thing. I haven't seen that for a long it's original. freaking time. It's it, something that hadn't been used in it? a long, yeah, it hadn't been used <laughs> in a long time. It was the last movie you watched where a woman got tied to a saw or to a piece to a board and put on a saw? I don't know, but you know, there was some piano music playing in the background. That was, yeah. <laughs> so you're probably talking. 50s or 60s, 40s or 50s, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, I, I could have could have done without it, but I, I I can't really pull up a third one. I you're not supposed to like Chad, and you're and you're supposed to know that because you get the that foreshadowing that there's this hatred he has for hillbillies, and he needs to he needs to tell this story, and. You also get the sense that he wanted everybody else to die anyway, because he doesn't seem to really care. He's, no, he's got a, that whole psychopathic. It's, he's a tool bag. It, but it's almost like psychopathy is genetic, right? And I don't know. I you know I don't know. That's I'm stretching here because I think I overall I thought I found the film pretty cool. I got you. enjoyable. I didn't like the scene uh, with her on the rock for multiple reasons. Really? What happened that she couldn't come up out of the water? This is for me, we have questions. This is for the we have questions. Okay. I did not like... I didn't like the, um, the scene where he was coming on to her. I know I that think it was. You weren't supposed to like. That yeah, scene. I know. Yeah. I know. It was. It was. It was, it was like really. It was kind of silly and uncomfortable. I didn't like the driving away in the truck. Oh, hey, we got away, and you just turn around. I mean, I know you're not smart, but you know you got to look out the front window of the yeah. truck, right? I, I know that it moves the story on, but again, everything else was at least fairly believable, right? And but we. One of the other pieces of trivia that we found out was that scene was supposed to be much, much longer with Chad hanging off the back of the truck, a la Michael Myers. Yep. And they just did not have it, the budget to keep going with it. And so they had to change, switch it up a little bit. Yeah. They could have done anything like a tire blue or something, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, he didn't need to be dumb enough that he ran into the... But but they also needed him to be knocked out. So, okay, you know, we, I can let it slide. You got to move the story forward. Uh, the third thing I did not like is he survives the building blowing up. So the part of his face is like melted. Yes. But his clothes are fine. His hands are fine. 
His shoes are fine. His pants are fine. Again, we have questions. Okay. Most most of the things I didn't like about this movie were technical. So speaking of which, why don't we move on to the we have questions portion? We have questions. <laughs> okay. I'll start. Nail guns don't shoot nails like that. Doesn't happen. There's a safety on them. <laughs> Just doesn't happen. Revolvers do not have a safety. The safety is built into a revolver. You have to cock the hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, him surviving the, the, the thing when it blows up. If mm-hmm. he's not supernatural, nobody's going to survive that and walk out of there. It's just... Uh, uh, uh. So the biggest, the biggest question I have is they're in the boat, they're fishing, and they're skinny dipping, right? Right. And Allison is a long way away from everybody else. She's on top of the rock. Right. In the middle of the lake. Mm-hmm. She's on top of the rock in the middle of the lake. She wasn't in the middle of the lake. She was that, slightly offshore. Okay. She had all her clothes on and she was dry. Mm. She had all her clothes on and she was dry because she takes her clothes off on the top down to her undies to try and decide that she's going to jump in the water. How did she get out there and be totally dry? The second one was, why did she hit her head on or whatever when mm-hmm. she fell in the water? Because it obviously wasn't that deep. How did, how did Dale find her in the pitch black water? And as they were paddling away, their friends were only... They, they were close enough that they could see, oh, they're spying on us. But when they're screaming, hey, hey, guys, they didn't stop or answer them. They had, when they had Allison in the boat. Well, they had Allison in the boat. They thought they were, because one of them yelled, I, he's, they're eating her face. So they thought that something sinister was okay. going on. So I have questions. I, that's my answer to that question. Yeah. I don't think the rock was that far offshore. It could have been going to rocks, to rocks, to rocks. It was a little bit of a high rock, but you, like that's how weed? you get to see, huh? Like it smoked weed? No, it was. Oh, it was the rock was a little bit too high, probably for for a rock that you would see on a lake. But you would think, yeah. Anyway, um, but most of it is, you know, because it was in it's the a script. Ho- I, it's a I horror know. comedy. I'm, I'm not going to just pointing things out to be funny. I know. I know. I don't think I really had questions. I again, I think the only question was, and I've already addressed it as far as Chad didn't know his father was this psychopathic hillbilly killer. Oh, I do have a question. Oh, you do? I do have a question. Fantastic. Let me uh, debunk yours like you debunked mine. So in the scene where Chad busts through the door where... Allison and Dale are hiding where they had found that newspaper that points to the fact that Chad's dad is the killer. Mm -hmm. Allison says to Chad, you're half hillbilly. What? Yeah. Like, Like hillbilly is a denomination or a, a race or <laughs> just, you're half hillbilly do you know what a hillbilly actually is defined as enlighten me a northern farmer so technically with them being in canada <laughs> which is where it was filmed technically he could be half of a northern farmer well, that's just like me saying you're half redneck she would be half hillbilly because she grew up on a farm 
Or whole hillbilly. Or whole hillbilly. I want to know what college that, they went is to. Is that whole There's my other question. What what college do they went to if they're they're that close? Whatever the local community college was. <laughs> <laughs> but None of them are smart enough to actually be in college. <laughs> uh, What'd you get on your SATs? 11. And how big was that truck? Huge. Because you had Chad in the front seat with the with the guy whose dad said only he could drive it. Mm-hmm. Then you had one other girl and Allison they and, had two and vehicles, a guy though. in the back. They had two vehicles. But then they had someone behind Allison handing her a joint. Mm-hmm. And then two other guys there. And then all of a sudden, the third girl just kind of pops up out of well, nowhere. That's a big vehicle. Those older vehicles, like the 80s Broncos, they had they were big. Remember how big they were, the full size. We We mentioned the sequel, and everybody wants to do a sequel. And I guess the stumbling block at this point is the fact that they don't have anything to do. They were asked in, let me find the date here, 2014, uh, there was a something that Alan and Tyler were doing, uh, a, a questionnaire or a show, uh, what are they called, like a, like a Comic-Con a of panel. some sort, a panel. There you go. Thank you very much. I'm glad I have you here. Alec, uh, he, they were asked about it, and Alan answered, this is my answer for that. I'm sure you have one as well. We had announced officially that Tucker and Dale 2, they hired somebody to write the script, and it wasn't any good. That's rude to the person who wrote it. Who wrote it? I don't know who it was. And Tyler replied, no, 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 they deserve to be spanked. And Alan said, did you get a chance to read it? And Tyler replied, no, but I heard the synopsis behind it, and the general reaction from Eli Craig was no fucking way. Well... What I see here in Wikipedia that the first sequel concept was Tucker and Dale go to Yale. Yes, that's correct. And it was Goodwill Hunting meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Fair enough. And then they were asked about how important it was to them, and they said it was important, but Alan says, we don't want to ruin the first one by doing a crappy second one. That isn't usually the rule in Hollywood, but I'm glad we're following that path. Tyler said, the only thing that movie really has going for it is its integrity. It was not a huge release. It was not a big moneymaker. It's a long, slow grind on its way to becoming a cult favorite. Who knows? So then to go and do a weird, money-grabby sequel just seems like a bad idea. Alan, they're great characters, and we'd love to do them again. If I could figure out how to write the sequel, I would. And then Tyler says, it's hard, though. That's the thing. You can't even blame that writer. It's hard to make a sequel to that movie because of the joke. It's done. We told the joke. And if you do the same thing again, maybe it's just better. That being said, we'd love to do something. Yeah, Alan Tudyk pitched the idea to Eli Craig of doing a sequel that was similar to From Dusk to Dawn. Yep. Which probably could have been really funny. Um, they tried, um, and they were at Horror Hound Weekend in 2014, um, and they said that it was in, in development in 2016. They said they were still actively developing the project despite other commitments. And then at a Comic-Con in Boston, Alec Tudyk uh, basically said that the script had been written, but it was disappointing and they were unlikely to be moving forward. And I, I can understand that, that it, this, is, this is a very tricky thing to, to follow up. This, this is, to me, I'm surprised that they left it open the way they did with the opening scene, because to me, to try and do a movie like this again, 
right. where it's another comedy of errors, it's going to be really hard to pull off. I, I, Would I like to see it? Yeah. Would it be worth seeing? Ugh. You know what I mean? There's another way to look at this. That end scene slash... Because the end scene really was in the beginning of the film. Yes. Where you see the reporter and the cameraman going into the sawmill after the police had gone and tried to do more investigative reporting and they get attacked by what we find out in the end was Chad. Right. I think having that piece to it is just a nod to every other slasher movie where they always leave you with the option for that. Yeah. So Michael Myers gets shot. And well, all Michael of a Myers got shot? <laughs> several times. <laughs> uh, 16 times. 16 times. 16. Is that what he says? 16 or 6? I don't remember. I don't know. He only had one gun, so who the heck knows? Um, uh, but he then suddenly gets up and disappears. Right. Et cetera, et cetera, you know, leaving the door open for it. So the fact that there wasn't one, I- I'm I'm not disappointed by that. I think if you do a film that's good enough and, and gets the acclaim that it gets, unfortunately it didn't get the box office, but it, it is catching this cult following, and, and that's good. And I think it leads to other Eli Craig movies like Little Evil, that is now on Netflix and right. I guess is getting some good views. So I think that's that's something we're going to have to add into the rotation next well, October ween. Him falling out the window was a nod. The, originally, the original script was him falling into a, some type of shredder, a chipper. Right. And they said, well, I think we've done enough shredding yeah. <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> and it does leave the open-endedness for a sequel. Right. So, you know, who knows? Yes, uh, it did not do well in the box office. It was poorly marketed. Uh, it came out at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew what they were trying to see. Uh, 2011, it was up against some pretty stiff competition. The top 10 that year was Harry Potter and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, Transformers Dark of the Moon, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1, The Hangover Part 2, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, Fast Five, Cars 2, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger, and Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Those movies all made a ton of money. Tucker and Dale versus Evil made $223,838 in the domestic box office. It was the number 300 movie that year. Now, it did make 4.78 worldwide. The production costs were $5 million. So it, it, at, at this point, it has made movie. You know it has because of DVD sales and mm-hmm. uh, Netflix and things like that, rentals. And that's good, and, and the fact that it does have the following that it does have. It's disappointing that a movie like this doesn't make much money because this movie, as we referred to earlier, it really got a lot of awards at some very prestigious film festivals, which you have the yeah, info on. It got, it got a lot of nominations, and it got a handful of awards. At the Leo Awards, um, all nominations, but, uh, but no wins, but they were nominated for Best Cinematography, Best Feature Length Drama, Best Overall Sound, Best Sound Editing, uh, Best Stunt Coordination, and uh, Jesse Moss got a Best Supporting Performance uh, by a Male in a Feature Length Drama uh, nomination as well at the Leos. At the Sitges Film Festival, I hope I pronounced that correctly, I'm not sure. Uh, It did get Best Film, 
at South by Southwest Film Festival. It got the Audience Award. At the Fantasia Film Festival, it got the Jury Prize for Best First Feature for Eli Craig. Um, at the Ambia Awards, it did get the Best Feature Film Award. Uh, Tyler Labine and Katrina Bowen were both nominated. Uh, Tyler Labine for Best Actor and Katrina for Best Supporting Actress at the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. Uh, but what it did win at Fangoria was uh, Best Limited Release Direct-to-Video Film and Best Screenplay. Yeah, it was only released in 44 theaters. And that sounds like a lot, but when you put it in perspective that it was in 44 theaters and it made 223838 extremely loud and incredibly close, which is... A Tom Hanks movie that made uh, that was twenty six hundred and thirty theaters, and it only made two hundred sixty seven thousand nine hundred twenty three dollars. So, per screen, this movie excelled in its take. But this is a great little film for small small movie theaters that you know we like to haunt, and and so I I if you were to ask me were I to watch watch this again, well. If you'd give me the opportunity to ask you if you were going to watch this again, I would probably say, would you watch this again? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would watch this again. I think this is going to go into the rotation um, for the... We, I start my, my Halloween viewing in September just because there's so many damn good films out there. So this, this will go into the rotation. And... After the first watch, probably within an hour or so, I was like... Yeah, I'll put it in the rotation, but only if. But the more it, I sat with it, yeah, definitely. This is this is a, one of the movies that I think that the more you watch it, the more you pick up on the dialogue. Just just having seen it, I've only seen it twice. Mm-hmm. I saw it the first time I saw it, and I saw it the time I watched it with you. And then as we're doing the show prep, we watched the clips together. There was like three or four things dialogue-wise that I completely missed that, yeah. that you didn't, didn't miss. Like, like I asked you, I said... Uh, why did he walk over there with the scythe? And you're like, oh, because Alan Tudyk took the pipe. Oh, okay, fair enough. It, so he originally had a pipe, which would have been just as intimidating to have a pipe yeah, in your right? hand. But that's a that's a good looking cooler. <laughs> it's a very good looking cooler. You have any other questions so for me? I do have some other questions. So this is predicated on the fact that I have to watch some pile of garbage every other week that you pick for me. <laughs> Piles of garbage like Network and Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. If I have to watch anything like that again, I swear it. No. So uh, what do I get to watch next week? Well, my dear. Don't give me a choice. Tell me what I'm watching. I'm not picking. I'm when not picking. We st- I'm not picking. When we started this. I'm not picking. I never promised you a rose garden. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, but I, 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 hate, did, I hate that song. I did promise you a dumpster fire. A dumpster fire. So I'm going to give you the choice gonna, simply. going to watch a Philip Michael Thomas movie? <laughs> <laughs> I be, I'm giving you a choice simply because my mind is mush and I can't remember if you've seen either one of these films. So your choices are we're going back to the early aughts. We're sticking with comedy. We're veering into romantic company, uh, com- uh, comedy, excuse me, gosh. but with a heavy side of testosterone. So your choices are Along Came Polly. All right. With Ben Stiller and mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston. And uh, the guy that died, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman, or Saving Silverman. 
with Jason Biggs. Yeah. Steve Zahn. Yeah. Jack Black. Yeah. And a great, great performance by Amanda Peet. So what? So what did you say? Star Wars: The Force Awakens, or Rambo? Which Which one of those? Which one? No. No. no you don't get out of it this way. We'll do Saving Silverman. Saving Silverman, yeah. it is. Saving Silverman is on my top list of guilty pleasure movies. So. I know that's why, because uh, we did that on the uh, top five for fighting. Uh, top, oh, we got the top five for fighting plugin. We're yeah! gonna get it. In, we're gonna get it in every week. That's the, that's the every reason that week, we do this. The cat interrupts us, and every week, top five for fighting. Well, I think it's only fair. All, All right, right, so Saving Silverman, it is with uh, Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and Demi Moore. And no, not Demi Aston Moore. Aston Kutcher. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a cast right there. Bruce Willis, Demi Moore, and Ashton Kutcher. And hey, that's not my wife. That's your wife. <laughs> All right. We hope you enjoyed this one, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Please give us uh, some shouts on social media. I'm at GBishop72. I am at T5FF underscore Angel on Twitter. And I am on Marketing Angel on Instagram. The show, please give us shout to the show. We are also on Twitter at Honey Watch This. We are on Instagram at Honey Watch This and we are on Facebook. If you are another podcaster and you want to get involved in this little experiment, we would love to have you on the show. So slide into our DM and tell us what kind of movies you want us to have watch and we might have you on the show sometime. Holy crap, we're going to let somebody come on a Dungeon Master? Dungeon Master this bitch. Oh God, there's my nerd nerd husband again. Hey, I can't help it. Uh, you know how some people have hillbilly ingrained in their DNA? You're all up in the nerd. No, because my father is not a nerd at all. No. I don't know where I got it from. I must have <laughs> got it out of a carton when I was eight. All right. All right. That's it. Thank you very, That's very much. All.